Welcome once again to In the Trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And it's time for keys to the game. And whenever the Bengals and Steelers play, there's always a whole bunch of keys. I'll talk about probably, I don't know, at least half dozen, maybe eight, maybe nine, something like that. We'll we'll see. But all I know is, having played in Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the biggest key is get yourself a multiple strap chin strap. So you're going to have to strap more than one on. This thing will be a Donnybrook. This thing will be a slobber knocker. This thing will be physical. It's going to be that way. You can't back down from it. You can't shy away from it. You're going to have to draw a line in the sand and, and get after it and claim your territory. That is the bottom line. First and foremost, before you talk about anything, strategically, whatever the case may be, personnel groupings, yada, yada, Who's going to put the big boy pads on and beat the other guy and move the other guy against his own will? That is the bottom line. This podcast, video cast is called In the Trenches. This game is going to be decided in the trenches by the big people. Who's going to win that territory at the line of scrimmage? Massive. So with that said, which team's going to continue to run the football like they have in the last football game they've played? Cincinnati Bengals against the Carolina Panthers, 39 rushes, 241 yards. Joe Mixon had 153 of those. The Pittsburgh Steelers rushed the ball for 217 yards. They held the Saints to 39 yards rushing. The Bengals held the Panthers to 64 yards rushing. The Bengals ran the ball for 177 yards more. Bengals 177 yards more than the Carolina Panthers. The Steelers had 178 yards more the New Orleans Saints. Very, very similar ground attacks. Najee Harris had 99 yards rushing. Pickett, can he pick it? Had 51 yards rushing. The quarterback can hurt you with his feet. Make that mental note. That's something that you have to think about. Who's going to dominate the line of scrimmage? Both teams did in their last football game. And then when that happens, um, <laughs> play-action pass can be a factor. You're trying to win space, all right? And space comes in many ways. Space in pass protection, not just time. We talk about it all the time, but space. When you're running the football and you play action pass, they have to, can't just tee off to the quarterback. They're first step. They have to make sure that they've got their run defense responsibilities taken care of. And then they have to restart and rush the passer night and day as opposed to a guy getting on the outside of your shoulder, ripping up the football field, giving you all his moves and everything else that goes along with it. You can give the quarterback more time and space in those situations. Nobody is going to be impeding the vision of the quarterback as much in those situations. On the backside of that, when the offensive line is controlling the running game and the, and the defensive line can't pass protect, now all of a sudden, you have linebackers and safeties that have to respect the run. Their first step is going to be toward the line of scrimmage. That allows the receivers to have more real estate, more lanes to run their routes in. They're going to have open spaces to throw the football. You're going to have more time and more space as a quarterback to throw it. Receivers are going to have more space in this back end of the defense at the linebacker and secondary level between those two position groups to throw the football. It's all interrelated. 
If you can run the football, you're going to move people against their will. You're going to create space. You're going to create space and pass protection for the quarterback. You're going to create space for wide receivers to run their routes. When you can run the football, space and earning space and winning space helps you win football games. Let's talk about the biggest key to the problems the Bengals had in the first game, and that's turnovers. I mean, four interceptions and a fumble. Can't happen. You're not going to win many football games going minus five in the turnover department. It's almost impossible to win the football game, particularly with one of those turnovers, you get a defensive touchdown. Those are hard. That's hard to overcome. Minus five, one of them is a defensive score. Pittsburgh Steelers are 3-0 and when they don't have a giveaway. They're 0-6 when they have one or more giveaways. Got to get a takeaway from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Haven't gotten one yet. In the first game, went four quarters in overtime. No takeaways. Got to get some. If you take the football away, your chances of beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, jump. One or more giveaways, they're 0-6, 3-0 when they don't give the football away. Bengals minus five in that football game. Five of their 10 giveaways, half the giveaways happened in that one game. They've only got five giveaways in their other eight football games. Pittsburgh Steelers, five of their 12 takeaways happened in that one game. They've got seven takeaways in their other eight football games. That opener was an aberration. Bengals have to atone for it. They have to make up for it. They have to win the turnover battle and win the turnover battle significantly. The Bengals have to win the edge. By that, I mean on the outside of the defense, particularly rushing the passer. If they can control the running game, they're going to be able to tee off and get after the quarterback. The Bengals have the H boys, Hendrickson and Hubbard. They've combined for seven and a half sacks. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers have an H-boy themselves. Alex Highsmith. Highsmith has eight and a half sacks. He's got a sack more than Henderson and Hubbard have combined. Eight and a half sacks is tied for fourth most in the National Football League. In the two games that T.J. Watt has played in, he's got five of his eight and a half sacks. T.J. Watt is a difference maker. T.J. Watt is a game wrecker. T.J. Watt played in the first game against the Bengals, and he played in last week's game against New Orleans. They're 2-0 and with T.J. Watt, 1-6 without T.J. Watt. He's that important to this football team. He impacts the entire defense, obviously impacts Highsmith. T.J. Watt's not in the football game. All the attention that goes to him, chip, slide, double team, tight ends, whatever, goes to Highsmith. He only had three and a half sacks when T.J. Watt's not in the game for seven games. T.J. Watt comes back in the game. Now you got bookends. T.J. Watt is going to be a factor, a game-wrecking factor that you have to account for. So I. Smith is going to enjoy that again. Hendrickson and Hubbard have to step up, get that running game stopped, get them off the edge. Make them make Pickett's life miserable. Make Pickett make decisions sooner than he wants to. Get him out of rhythm. Make him see ghosts. Make him 
not really recognize what he's seeing on the back end because it doesn't have time to digest it and, and, and to read it out. It's going to be big. Who handles the edge better? The H boys from Cincinnati or the H guy with TJ Watt from Pittsburgh. Another obvious factor in the opener was the kicking game. And Clark Harris has his injury that ends his season. And Cal Adamitis is on the practice squad. So Mitch Wilcox becomes the emergency snapper. And uh, Minka Fitzpatrick blocks the extra point that would have won the football game for the Bengals in regulation with all the things that had gone against them. Murphy's Law had gone against them. Well, Murphy's Law didn't end. It continued. Minka Fitzpatrick blocks that extra point. So he had a pick six and a blocked extra point. Minka Fitzpatrick accounted for seven points for the, uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals with the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in that opener. Uh, also missed a 29-yard field goal. Money Mac missed a 29-yard field goal because of the issues that he was having with the new snapper holder and all those sorts of things. Bottom line is, Money Mac missed a couple of field goals last week against Carolina. Didn't really have to have those, but get back on track, and you will. You can, and you will. Got to get back on track. Have to have a very strong game, kicking the actual kicking of the football. Kevin Huber has debated, is he going to punt against the Pittsburgh Steelers or not? I mean, there's there's no guarantee at this stage when we're taping this um, keys to the game if Kevin Huber is definitely punting in this football game or not. He's had a rough stretch. He's talked about it's not translating from the practice field to the game field. He's practicing real well. He's pregame warm-up real well in the game. It's just not happening. He has to have a really good day punting the football. Money Mac has to, get, has to have a good day kicking the football. Have to be sound and secure in your in the return game. Have to cover kickoffs. Have to dictate field position. Put them on long fields. Get yourself some short fields. And the best way to do that is turnovers that we talked about, and then special teams. Let's talk a little red zone. That's always a factor in these football games. Division rival football games. Can't settle for three. Have to score seven points in the red zone. When the opposition's in the red zone, you got to make them settle for three. That's the bottom line. There has to be a four-point swing there. Every possession in the red zone that you can possibly make happen that way. Offensively, uh, the Bengals have scored a touchdown 72.4% of the time in the red zone, third best in the National Football League after going five for five in the red zone against the Carolina Panthers. Pittsburgh's defense is salty. They've given up a touchdown 48% of the time in the red zone. That's sixth best in the National Football League. So the Bengals' offense is going to be challenged by that Steeler defense in the red zone. Steelers offensively are struggling. They're 28th in the league in terms of touchdown percentage in the red zone, 47.5%. Bengals' defense is tied for 13th in the NFL, allowing less than 54% of the time touchdown to occur. Who will get it done in the red zone? Got to get in the red zone. Then when you get in the red zone, have to finish, finalize in the red zone. Finish red zone drives with touchdowns. Run the ball in the low red zone. Run the ball in the in the red zone. Run the ball at midfield. Run the ball everywhere. Run the ball in the locker room. Run the ball out of the locker room. Run the ball. 
have to continue the complete complimentary football that you had against Carolina in the first half. All three phases were in total sync against the Panthers. In the first half, the Bengals ran 45 snaps for 315 yards, 35 points, didn't give the football away. And their average drive start was their 37-yard line, and they went plus three in the turnover department. (laughs) Carolina, 17 plays, 28 fewer, 32 yards, no points. They had three giveaways in the half, and they started at their own 22-yard line. The Bengals had a 15-yard average drive start advantage on top of everything else. We're talking offense, defense, special teams, totally complimentary, totally in sync. It was a complete football game in that half. The Bengals have to play that for the entire game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Another big key is protection pressure. You have to give Joe Burrow protection. Keep him upright and give him time. And like we talked about earlier, give him the necessary space. The Bengals right now are 26th in the National Football League in sacks allowed per pass attempt. Not just number of sacks, but sacks allowed per pass attempt. The Bengals have thrown the ball amongst the most in the National Football League. They're in the top 10 in passes attempted, top five in in completions. They're throwing the ball a lot. They're giving up too many sacks, though. They're still 26th in terms of sacks allowed per pass attempt, giving up 32 sacks on the football season already. That has to change. You have to give Joe Burrow more opportunity. On the flip side of it, pressure. You're going to have to pressure the rookie quarterback. Don't allow Kenny Pickett to get comfortable back there. Don't allow him to feel confident with what he's seeing. Make him feel unsure. Make him feel hurried. The Bengals' defense, they're 28th in the National Football League in sack generated per pass attempt. They got to get better than that. That's in the bottom quadrant in both cases in the National Football League. Sack the quarterback, hit the quarterback, shrink the quarterback space in the pocket. All of those are going to be big, not just against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but all the quarterbacks are going to play in the second half of the season. Mahomes, Watson, Brady, Allen, Jackson. That's a murderer's row of quarterbacks. Going to have to protect your quarterback, Joe Burrow, pressure the opposing quarterback, in the second half of the season to get to the playoffs. Might as well start against Pittsburgh. And then finally, I have a pretty strong feeling that Lou Anarumo is going to disguise coverages, disguise looks, disguise a lot on the back end. He's got a young quarterback, Kenny Pickett, who I'm sure he's going to try to play with with his mind, make him feel like he can't trust his eyes. He might see something pre-snap, that once the snap of the football occurs, is totally different. And Luana Rumo is as good as there is in the National Football League in that regard. He will give you one look before the snap and something totally different after. <laughs> and, and it's tough. It's a tough dynamic. If you have that going on, coupled with adequate pressure, it's very, very tough day for the quarterback, particularly if the running game is being controlled and you You're throwing the football because you have to. Because let me tell you, Mike Tomlin is not going to be throwing the football, does not want to throw the football with Kenny Pickett because he has to. He wants to be able to run the football, take care of business, and supplement that 
was Kenny Pickett throwing the football because Mike Tomlin wants Kenny Pickett to throw the football. So the skies, Lou Anarumo's might come up big. There may be a takeaway that occurs during the course of the football game because he confused Kenny Pickett by what he was doing on the back end and maybe what he was doing at the linebacker level uh, in terms of walking linebackers up in the A-gap, dropping them off, um, you know, maybe twisting and stunting some of those linebackers with defensive linemen, a lot of different disguised looks in terms of pressures, back-end coverages, make it a long day for Kenny Pickett and his offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Opportunity knocking.